So what have I done to black people to warrant them to celebrate my death? Mm. So uh, it just goes to show me that this is a hateful-hearted generation. These are the new white people that used to hate Yo, 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 it's JP on the FWM podcast. Follow me. You're the strong black people. Man, I'm back in the rabbit hole and I got a real special, special guest, man, um, today. Um, little bro, definitely we go back into our mm-hmm. high school days and football, man. I remember when y'all boys was ninth graders and and that to be your turn that y'all also trying to find people to look up to, seniors to look up to, not even wanting to come and say, I'm better than the senior. Right. Motherfucker senior. But don't come in here, goddamn. But you know, you don't want to feel like a nigga disrespecting you, but you come in there trying to see to get in where you fit in. But trying also prove yourself. But also finding real genuine seniors that y'all know y'all actually could, you know, latch on to and the boys show y'all right. You know, yeah, we may put, you know, condone some bullshit. So talk we still childish. We still teens just like y'all. We just ain't 14. Right. But, you know, also, but finding good older brothers, because that's what we were on that football field, we were brothers, to lead you in the right direction, man. A lot of y'all boys Definitely. I was always childish, man, but y'all boys seen through that and always seen something within me to just be like, bro, that's big, bro. Hey, well, that's big, bro. And I really appreciate that. And then being a senior, knowing fresh meat coming in on that football field, trying to plot on who to lay out. Trying to pancake somebody. Trying to lay our boys out. Oh, hey, welcome. Welcome to high school football. But you know what I can say about after my junior year, I think even becoming a 10th grader, you realize though, man, it is good talent that come in each incoming freshman class. Like, and y'all, and, and you didn't realize how the talent did raise up each year. Like it was some of y'all as ninth graders, like, I don't know if y'all would have been able to do what y'all did if Redden wasn't a coach and we had the Demasi way right. of type players right. that decided not to even try when they find out that he was he was um, not coming back. A lot of that opened up a lot of doors for y'all to just come in at, and it just be easy for y'all to showcase. And that was a blessing to y'all. That ain't something to be like, damn nigga, if some people was there, y'all wouldn't have made it. But you know, sometimes God will open up some doors for certain people. It don't matter how it happened. It happened. And some of y'all was able to capitalize off that and to show that, oh, them boys, it's great. You know, and that's one way that y'all were able to still be able to, to coincide with us. Because shit, it wasn't like you was weak. It wasn't like you was sorry. Y'all boys were getting down. You know, y'all was holding y'all own. And it was like, okay, you got to respect that young man. He, he holding his own. He ain't coming in his gate. And um, 
And then after noticing how long we've been out of school, bruh, and that long of a break, and for you to just randomly pop up again, bruh, and we talk one day, just helping Doom move. And after that, bruh, like two, a month later, working together, and now it's like, oh shit, like we ain't never missed a beat. But you know, to me, <clears throat> I know everything happened the way that it's supposed to happen, and it happened in the right time, and then I don't take things to be or uh, happen like in coincidence. Coincidental things really just don't happen. Everything happened on purpose and intentionally. Everything that you do, especially that you should be doing now in this time, should be intentional. Intentional moves that got some purpose behind it. Like if you're not moving towards your purpose, then what are you you really doing? You know, you just occupying and space and, and taking up air. Yeah. You know? But you right about that. So, you know, and for you to jump in like that, bruh, and to elaborate on that, I, I just might as well go ahead and let them know, man, and not waste no more time. You know, that's that's my boy, little bruh, James Collins. You heard? Man, so, you know, before I can even let them folks know who you was, you, you jumped right in there. So I want to make sure that um, I don't hold you back no more, man. Like, I want you to go ahead and give the people, man, since it's your first time in the rabbit hole, let them know who you are and how everything came about, man, with, 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 with us, definitely. Well, you know, I mean, I remember coming in my freshman year, uh, me, DJ, uh, Mike, who else? The Gabriel. Y'all didn't even have to go through a 10th grade of JV. Y'all boys just came through automatic. It was only two, it was only two freshmen that was on the varsity team. That was your junior year. Yeah. When Demasi was there. Only Eric. Mm-mm. No, you know what? It might have been more than two. Because Eric, Eric was started. on it. And DJ. DJ was on special teams. Yeah, but Eric started on our defense. Yeah. But you know, our defense yeah. was stacked my junior year. Yeah. Eric started on the line as a freshman. And he started for Demasi on not saying because before that freshman year, Demasi started a freshman, Jeff Hyatt at center. Mm-hmm. But boy, defensive line, you get in there, you get in action. On the offensive line, you can kind of camouflage yourself on the line. But boy, on that defensive line, boy, it's nothing but action going on. You getting tackles. That spoke to the ta- that spoke to the the talent. You know what I'm saying? that he had just coming in, just going straight in. He played uh, nose or he played defensive tackle. I think he was a tackle. And you had, you had Patrick O'Neill. You had big Reggie at the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick was a, a tackle. And I think Bebe was the other tackle. Then you had Joey at the middle linebacker. You had Eric, you had Jerron. And you had uh Eric Green, you had um, Shock, you had Shocky at the safety, you had Warren on one corner, and then you had me on the other corner. And Al Jean played some safety too? No, Al Jean just played strictly offense. Receiver. Yeah. Bro, our defense was and I look back on it, but I realized I was like, man, it's funny because I really didn't try hard. And it was like, but even to be a part of that defensive team and knowing how stacked we was, I was like, boy, 
just imagine if I would have actually made an attempt or right. actually put time and the effort. But then you had Demasi there, so it was like, he could coach. <laughs> he was going to put you in the right spot. For y'all to, for, for you to succeed. You know, Redden didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And that, that hurt us. So you had to be on your PC. And we didn't, we didn't. Demasi sheltered other than Cam mm-hmm. having the film time and understanding the game. Joey understanding film. Scott Reed. Oh, Scott was the other end. So Eric did play tackle because Scott was the other defensive end. But to understand some of them boys who actually watched film, everybody else kind of just really filled themselves in and he just coached you. But you realize when you lose that type of coach, you realize how much you didn't really pay attention or you really wasn't learning like you were supposed to. Because even though a coach that didn't know bird from shit, we would have still been able to at least put ourselves in the best position to just be like, man, fuck, he's here. Yeah, this going to work. It was a lot of stuff, man, that because he could coach so good for a lack of understanding for everybody else, he was able to break that down to where everybody could understand their assignment on what they were supposed to be doing. Like, we didn't have that type of structure after, after the Demasi era. You and know he saying? had good coordinators. Yeah. Wilson. Stewart. Stewart. Uh, Hunter. Mm-hmm. He had real good coordinators. Like, and that's the crazy thing about it. Like, he had coordinators he trusted. You can't remember who Red and coordinators was. He just picked some teachers. We didn't have anybody that had a clue about what football was. And it showed on the football field. But it, I, I think it was just a, a lack of that was a different type of passion, though. You know what I'm saying? That you've seen in the game and, and throughout the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Stewart ain't played no games with DBs. By the run. Yeah. Y'all talking about. Yeah. And he going to get and his he running, he running with you. And and he saying, hey, you you get your pick six. You get that penalty. I'll take care of that. None of us ever did get one. But at least we knew shit. If we get one, we about to see if that nigga telling the truth. Right. You know what I'm saying? You getting hyped. But we we didn't even trust who was leading us that next year. We didn't even have no faith. We was just going out there. And that's <clears> the <throat> most dangerous thing that you can ever do mm-hmm. of going out there and just not put your all. Football is one sport where you can get killed. And one game, that Brunswick game, we was getting our ass killed. For real. We was getting murdered. When I tell you they was decapitating niggas, and that shit was not fun. No. And drinking that nasty egg well water that they had down there, that ain't making no better. With Darius running back and forth across the field. And not even that. Knowing that he played, he was highlighted on offense in high school. Mm -hmm. But to see him being one of the best corners in In the NFL. Right. We've never really talked about that nigga being a defensive player when we was playing against him in high school. No, because he's been burning us every other way uh, across the field. Right. Running back and receiver. And special team return. And special team returns. But the nigga right now in the NFL locking receivers down. Shout out. (laughs) Shout out to that boy for real, man. You know what I'm saying? Then you have somebody like Kwame Brown. Right. Get drafted NBA 
high school. Like you have those, and then they all coming from Brunswick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like doing something right down there. So it's like, and it's that one person. It's that one person. But then we looking at in Savannah, you like, well, damn, what was we missing? I think it just been so much of talent just spread out. Yeah, you know, that, that's because we, you know what I'm saying? If we had county teams like FM, South and North, or Decent, West Chatham County, we'd be bringing a lot more chips back. You know what I'm but saying? But at the same time, I think you can still develop the talent that you got in each of them schools. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people would have to be, would be comfortable in being confident within themselves and being real and saying, well, if that was the case, I probably wouldn't have been playing because you would have been forced to actually push yourself because there's so many people at that one school to try to fight for a position. Being so spread out, niggas who was playing in certain positions, they probably would not have, they wouldn't have not got that luxury right. of niggas because niggas was not working hard and being the best that they could be of pushing itself and growing because they felt complacent. But if we only had one school in Chatham County, just imagine you just take Jenkins' whole senior squad. Chad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You look at certain people and just, they, their whole one side of the football field. You know what I'm saying? Like one side of the football, a defense. Like, I mean, okay. And then you start adding other schools and you be like, you start lining them up and be like, okay, Some no. of them ain't even finna make it. Okay, no. Then you start to talk in that basketball. You take a whole Savannah High team and then you start plucking everybody else and say, okay, so this best player on this team, would they make the team? They probably would be able to enter the bench because everybody would have to be pushing themselves to become better every single day. Because it's niggas out here. The school is overpopulated. Right. It's talent there. So it would be so many hard decisions that they have to make. And basketball, you can only put 15. At least football, you can go up to about 70. Right. At least you got a good little chance in football. Especially yeah, as, yeah, as soon as soon as somebody graduates, two or three yeah. of them running backs. Yeah. And two of them get injured. It's a depth chart. You might get some burn. Yeah. It's three per it's three per position in football. Two, a star and a backup. Right. Three if you're lucky in all positions. But that's a good chance. Basketball uh, is 15 players. Well, I don't know what you're gonna do being a third string punter. But it don't matter, bro. Like you third string, but you're on the team. Yeah. Just making the team, period. The numbers game of being able to make the team. Basketball, boy, that's a hard decision to just pick 15, not just talented people, but 15 that you say, this is what I'm going to war with. And you look at all the basketball teams that was in Chatham County, Jenkins, Beach, Groves, Windsor. You look at them. They all, if one team didn't have a whole starting five that you could already just dedicate that five to, every other team had at least one star. But then a lot of them had good one or two co-stars, but those one or two co-stars may not make the team if everybody was on one team because you have one star per every other team plus a good co-star somewhere else. Is their co-star better than y'all? So now they're battling for a position. Yeah. 
So, but you would have to put your best foot forward all the time. And to be honest, Chatham County, giving them the luxury to not have to put their best foot forward, they got comfortable. I think a lot of them, there's a reason why there wasn't no scholarships. If you're the man on campus, you're the man in the city, like, they got comfortable about that. Well, not to take away from sports, I just, what we got going on now. But I mean, that just make me think about that a little bit deeper. Like a lot of times just in life period, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? How we can just get content and complacent with mm-hmm. being mediocre and just, you know what I'm saying? Doing the bare minimum to get by when you got so much potential that's hitting down in you, mm-hmm. you know, but nobody's holding you accountable for that. You know what I'm saying? So how much, how much better would it be just in in life if you had an accountability part? Somebody, you know what I'm saying, that can hold you to the same standard that you hold down. You know, it's something different about building a bond, you know what I'm saying, having a bond on the field that really transfer over, you know what I'm saying, outside of that because I'm not going to do nothing, you know what I'm saying, it's going to put you in a, a position of compromise or jeopardize, you know what I'm saying, the stuff that you got going on. I think in this time and age that we living in right now, it's a lot of overly holding people accountable, but it's a very shortage of giving accountability of being real with yourself and being like, you know what? Yeah, I did fuck up on that. Mm -hmm. But it's a blame game of what you did, what you did, Instead of stating accountability on your own, like, you know what? You're right about that. Damn, I ain't look at it like that. Now that you now that you breaking it down to me like that, I didn't see it that way. It's still like, no, nigga, I ain't letting you attach that to me because you don't want to be real about the truth. Some people get mad because somebody called them out. And the accountability is is is. It's not something big in in this day and time because it's something that you can use to make an excuse that you can feel that it make you skate by. It's like virtual signaling right now and race baiting. Mm-hmm. It's so much. Well, y'all keep talking about y'all ain't y'all talking about this black person doing this, and but y'all letting the white person slip through. And it's like, why does it always have to be race bait? Can we just agree that why did Either race had to do that shit. Why is it who is more at fault? Who is highlighting more? It's evident, okay. But as a black culture, you got to realize we're held at a higher standard. However, we're also sheltered to where they keep giving us way outs to keep justifying the bullshit we keep doing. Well, because they ain't saying nothing to the white people so that they keep motivating us to keep doing bullshit and blaming it on a race thing or keep blaming, deflecting blame on something else. It is so easy now because everybody is crying wolf. You don't know who's crying wolf and really so when it is an unfair and unbalanced situation, you've heard offensive of, you heard prejudice, you heard racism so bad, you like, it's so hard to really pinpoint now what's really because niggas been crying wolf because that's easy that's the easiest go to. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's sad. Accountability is, is not a strong point. 
And as men, bro, like, we have no room at all. We already sometimes frustrate, get frustrated because we feel like we have to hold women accountable and not stressing us out or always knowing that, hey, sweetheart, we move logically, y'all move emotionally. So you have to still have to sit a female down, get her to understand where she is wrong at. And if she does not want to admit that she's wrong, she's going to go back and forth with you. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you already got that with them. But I also holding each other as black kings accountable and not coming at each other of calling somebody else to try to check them about it, but addressing and say, bro, we, you got to do better. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Me coming to you, you know, we have that type of relationship. Right. So if I'm coming to you and telling you, you need to tighten up, kind of really look at that and be like, well, let me see why bro telling me to tighten up. So, cause within as, as the relationship that we have, what in your mind can make you sit down and be like, I don't, cuz can't make me wrong, right? I feel like cuz trying to hate on me and hold, back, hold me back. Like, no, if, if a nigga, if you know y'all relationship, at what point in your relationship that you start questioning that somebody will come at you wrong, that's your dog. Or y'all have that relationship. For him to have to check you and be like, hey, bro, you need to tighten up. That you will even think, be like, who is this nigga to tell me I need to tighten up? Your dog care. We got to start having homies that care like that. Hey, bro, I ain't trying to get in your business, but why wouldn't it? I don't be seeing you with your kids, cousin. I can't be associated with no deadbeats. Now, I don't, you know, especially if we close. I should know your, I mostly know, if I'm your dog, I mostly know your ins and outs and your dramas that you be having with your baby mother. All right. So I, it's not a secret. If we tight, tight, mm-hmm. we vent, we talk. When you get blowed, you call me. I have to talk you off the ledge. So if we do, if we dogs like that, right? I know your situation. So if she ain't stressing you out like that, and I know that you just choosing to do other things but take care of your kids, be like, hey man, but I ain't trying to get offended. But boy, like when the last time you got them kids or you have to bring up some situations like, hey man, you know, you don't get the kid, bro. We all we need to bring our all all our kids together and make a play date for him or something. Kind of walk him into it of wanting to be a dad. And if ye gonna agree to the play date and he don't follow through with bringing his kids with your kids, then yeah, like, hey man, you know, and it becomes a pattern. Yeah, you know that he he really ain't handling. You got to be able to go to your dog and be like, hey man. We got to be better fathers and don't so much point the finger at him to be so it don't feel like a motherfucker is coming at you to just be like, damn, boy, you you coming at a nigga aggressive. That when when a person is in defense mode, they don't hear nothing. They don't hear nothing you saying. What's once a person get offended by something that what you said that they don't hear nothing else that you said after that? But that's a, a mental block that you throw up because what they can be telling you could be the same thing that you really need to hear, but you don't hear nothing after what it is that you got offended about. Because you feel like it's a direct shot and then you're going to use another excuse and lump in 
the tone, how somebody came at, they yelled at you. If they moving their hands and pointing, some people are just passionate, you know, and they want you to feel what they're saying, but you don't, you know, you don't pay attention to that. You will use that as an excuse to be like, bro, I mean, I hear what you're saying, boy, but or you had to say it like that, or you try, but you, who you raising your voice at? You know, is it you find other things to kind of go away from the message. You don't, you don't, the tone and the messenger, you will find excuses and flaws because of the messenger and the tone and that disregarding the whole message that was delivered. It's like, I get what you're saying, and I get that was probably so in your face, but did they lie? Let's just use an example, right? People say, keep it real with me. You know, don't hide, don't be fake. You know, tell me how you really feel. Bring that shit to the front door. And then you find motherfuckers who really do that. But you label them as, but they don't care what the fuck they say out their mouth. Oh yeah, they ain't got no filter. Oh yeah, I can't fuck that motherfucker say the wrong thing, I'm pissed off. But they telling you who they are. They telling you how they really feel. You ever seen somebody that they heard something about somebody and they say, I'm going I'm to address them. I'm going I'm I'm to pull up on them and see if they said it. They're expecting the person to lie about it. So when you lie to, that makes you even more motivated to slap the shit out of them because you feel like, nigga, I know you said it and you lying to my face. But then when you go to a motherfucker, ask them, did you say that? And they be like, yeah, I did say that. And what? You see the pause because a nigga was not expecting that. They're so ready for a motherfucker to lie or for a motherfucker to be phony. That's what they're motivated on. They're, they're amped up to go and try to check you because they feel like, and a nigga ain't tough enough to tell me what he said. But then when a nigga hit you with, nigga, I said that for a reason because I wanted you to come and dress it so because I could beat your ass. I needed a reason for you to come and address me so I can feel like I'm threatening so I can beat your ass. And now it's a surprise to them. They're like, oh shit, I wasn't expecting that. So it's like, bro, you want people to be straightforward with you, but you complain about how they convey their message to you. You you say down, that nigga just too, too straight up. You, t- you ask, you, you wanted politicians to be straightforward. Well, you had a cracker come in there and be your president <laughs> that tell you how it is not as a racist thing of he just calling y'all niggas and shit like that. He's telling y'all like sometimes y'all really don't think. Sometimes y'all just right here acting, acting like animals. We need to get the animals off the street. Y'all niggas right here acting like y'all ain't got no fucking sense. Y'all are, y'all are easily influenced. Y'all doing it. And niggas like, boy, why a white man talking to us like that? That's disrespectful. But is it a lie? So it's, so in translation, that's like people have missed the message because of the delivery and how it was came. Or who and the messenger. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I ask people all the time, if you, if you, let's, let's say you never knew about Donald Trump and you had two politicians, you had him and another politician in a, in a room with the door shut. You can't see them. All you can hear is their policies, what they're standing for. 
and what will work and what not. And or elaborating on something and touching on something and you hear him talking and then you be like, damn, boy, that nigga kicking some shit, boy. That, we need a motherfucker that's real honest like that. God damn. And then they pull the blind up and you find out it's Donald Trump. Niggas would really be like, oh, well, if I would have known it was him, I wouldn't agree with that. Like, really? Like, it's people out here. I would, bro, through an election, I watched a whole generation of older people sway people's mind and saying, I would take two of the lesser evils, cuz. I heard that too. I've never in my life, I was like, boy, God has given you the free, the free will not to choose devils. Your free will is either choose him or the devil. Who in their right mind would say, well, I would just rather this, this he ain't as bad as this one. Like, is that really your mindset? Like, that is what will make you make your decision. Not saying, well, the policies are better. I'm going to stick with this devil. Because one thing about it, the devil that is in, in the place now, he never even gave you anything for you to say. Well, I just choose. I like his policy. I'm going to just choose him over Trump. Niggas really it was just said, the dislike I will Trump. vote. This was like, I don't care who it is. As long as it ain't. As long as it ain't. I, but that shows about a mentality that our culture has that, bro, we will hate someone so bad and want them to be gone from whatever off a platform, canceled or whatever, whatever. We would choose anything but that person. We don't care. You don't even have to explain who you bringing in to replace them. Just replace them. With anybody. With anybody. I didn't, bro, I've never, I've, I've been able to vote three times. I think Obama the first time, Obama the second time, Hillary ran the one time, and then Biden just ran. I've I've been able, I've been old enough to vote for, you know, four times. But I've never in my life was like, yeah. I've never watched a presidential campaign and never watched a, that they was running. Didn't do no rallies. See, 2020 no, was the no first nothing. time I watched some of that too. And but really, Biden did nothing. He did nothing. He never, he did nothing. And I was like, I wonder if people know this, but I've never watched a motherfucker go through a campaign and he never told people what he was going to do for him. He was just like, just go vote for me in USC. Because that sounds sketchy, ain't it? It, it Bruh, really sounds and, and, sketchy. And nobody cared. Nobody stopped and was like, huh? Nigga was like, yeah, we'll sit down and, and discuss the, the bill plan with the uh, Ice Cube after the election. Yeah, like, that. huh? Niggas did not find that weird, but they sat there and crucified, you know, Q for going to talk to Trump. Why would I wait for a nigga who blatantly told me he don't want to talk to me? Wait. When it was a nigga who said, hey, man, I'll talk to you today. That makes no sense for me to stop my money or stop what my goal is to wait. And the more that I depend on somebody and wait on them, that means they dictate my, my rise and my fall then. Because you're going to only pick on your time when you're ready for either for me to fall or for me to rise. It falls on you, on your time frame. Right. And we are falling victim. In that party, that Democrat party, because of 
these niggas keep telling us that they're going to give us something. And we're like, they're going to keep giving us stimulus checks. They're going to keep, to be dependent. Now niggas waiting on, at, at bro, you will see people's statuses. They're waiting for money to drop because the government is giving it out. And if they don't give it out, they're panicking. They're complaining. I've never in my life, cause people would say how they get into this money, but they waiting on the government to drop down some free money. And if they don't drop the free money, you complain about it. But if you get into the money, that free money, if it drop, whenever it drop, that's it's just a, a blessing. bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus. Why you counting on it? You was counting on it. Now when it don't come on time, niggas is ass crunching. Like, because they will, and they keep purposely doing that and laughing about it. Like, but the internet about to crash right now. They about to be looking up on his website, trying to see if they money drop. It's like, y'all want to see these niggas. You want to see something funny? Watch this. Watch this. And bro, like clockwork, the internet goes into a frenzy. Like clockwork every single time. Oh, for one tweet. It's that's mass control though. That's mass control. But it's in this less of self-control to keep allowing and knowing that that's what they're doing. And you keep fucking allowing it. Sound like the programming working. Bro, niggas is chip. Mm-hmm. Bro, you remember great grandma used to say, boy, if you ignore it, it'll go away. And I used to think like, nah, it'll just get louder because they want you know. And I start to realize, I start piecing together certain things that was loud. And then when people stopped giving in the energy, it did slowly fade away. It is certain things that the media try to push. It'll be hot. But if it does not catch a, a, a strong wave, it fades out and people stop talking about it. What happened to Ebola? Uh, it it hit, but it it didn't. It wasn't COVID, but niggas still when they get sick, niggas don't say they got they may have the flu anymore. They strictly go and talk about they about to go get a COVID test. I've never, I've never, I start to realize like people really have substituted the flu and just strictly say, man, I I went to go get a COVID test. I remember a time niggas would be sick like they would be like, boy, I think I got the flu. Right. I got the flu. How quickly that disappeared. How though. quickly they eliminated that. Brother, they tried with that monkeypox. Mm-hmm. They tried. They tried. But it's certain things black folks, I can give them credit for. Like, if it sound too outlandish, like they be like, yeah, I ain't fucking with that. But if they really make it sound good and look good, oh, you could put some black folk, a uh, culture in fear. But they had the culture in a chokehold with COVID, boy. Yeah. Oh, they did. Because, I mean, if you was doing some of that hustling we was talking about and really started to use your time wisely, you would invest in toilet paper. You'd invested in the germ eggs. You know what I'm saying? All of the Lysol, all that. Go back, go back a little further before that, before mm-hmm. the money dropped. 
just the, the, the pandemic and the disease itself of they claiming they don't know what this is and why it's spreading like wildfire. Or where it came from. And they're about to shut the world down. That mayhem part. Right. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Of that mind control of people up in a frenzy, the old people scared of dying. Right. Pushing them that way. And then they're 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 and then they're make their guilt in the younger generation. Save them. Don't you don't want to kill them. You don't want to kill your grandma. You don't want to kill your grandma. Come get this shot. You're like, no, I love grandma. Because you know our generation. We're about to be very, very lost when our grandparents go, because those are the lasting ones that is holding us together because we have not tried very, very hard to keep traditions going that great grandma had. And grandma, we just became very comfortable with tradition, but never tried enough to keep the tradition passed on to show interest in it because we were so used to them just doing it. Right. Now, auntie done got old. Yeah. Aunt can't cook no more. And you realize your mother, her siblings, they don't have, not all of them have the most tightest relationship. Grandma keeps it together. Granddaddy Mm -hmm. keeps it together. And then you realize once granddaddy and grandma dies, it brings a divide. The one that kept the family together and kept structure to keep people at peace. Once they're eliminated and they die, the real, you start to realize the real that they all went through, they was just tolerating because of they had one mutual thing that was keeping them together, which is grandma, granddaddy. Most grandmas now is the only reason why a lot of these family holiday dinners are going. Right. But grandma been too old to be cooking. She been too old. Now, mama and auntie them may be cooking, but we're only together because why grandma is still alive in grandma's house. Mm-hmm. But eliminate grandma and grandma's house. How many times do mama and auntie them try to put something together for the elders? How many family reunions you really have now? It's not many of them. We used to have shirts, family reunions, brother. Old folks get together, do the bus stop. You go outside, you play horseshoes, you play all of that. Them old folks had us together. They That saying was a family that pray together, stay together. But they ain't praying no more. Nope. Ain't nobody praying no more. It don't be no spirit of unity. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we missing from the culture because everybody got something to say about the next person. Mm-hmm. versus, you know what I'm saying, doing what you can do to put yourself in position to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. The ones who want to help, people helping themselves because you can't help people who don't want to help themselves. And I understand that we got some broken parts and, you know what I'm saying, our culture and broken, trauma. yeah, stuff that's that happened throughout the generations. But I mean, it got to be a healing that's going to take place, man. A and pedophile gotta, relative. That'll be an A2. The uncles or the uncles that have so many baby mamas, uh, so many kids that they have to deal with, that is your cousin so spread out. You know what I'm saying? The drunks, the druggies, 
the family members that steal from you because they own drugs, you know, the one cousins that can't stay out of jail, they go, they come back, they stay with grandma or somebody at their house and they still going back and forth to jail. Back and forth, back and forth. It's so much generational trauma that we go through because that we won't put a stop to. We won't just be like, hey, we may need to, we need to kind of, we need to address this shit. We need to, but it's been going on so long, it's normal. But you know, that's the thing. I don't think that we got to normalize in our own lives. Like, you know, one bullet in a chamber, it really don't control which way it go. Once it's launched, it's it's gone. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's only certain things that you can control. And that's you and the decisions that you make. Because, I, I mean, it's damages uh, some of the families we may have been, you know what I'm saying, and came from. That don't mean we got to make the same decisions. You know, that generational curse stuff got to stop with us. And us making a decision that, I mean, it really don't matter what the next person do. Mm-hmm. I got to choose to do the right thing, you know what I'm saying, and live an honorable life that's going to leave a, a a good legacy for my kids, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to leave an inheritance to them. But if I don't equip myself with what I'm going to actually need to build a, a generational wealth, to values and morals and principles that I was raising to still with, like man, we, I ain't going to sit right and act like they ain't everybody ain't get them. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the same opportunity, same twenty four, same seven, but it's what you do with that time. Okay, so were we taught to just go out there and just get it, but we weren't taught how to keep it, how to make it grow, mm-hmm. how to maintain it, right. and what it is. We have no financial literacy. We keep hearing legacy, legacy, legacy. We just thinking legacy is having kids. That legacy ain't is your last name carrying and what that last name, what weight it carries because that man has started that. Cause that last name stays forever and whether if it's a girl, but if as many times you have boys, that, that name sticks. He can carry that, that bloodline as far as it can go, as long as you keep having boys. But we look at the money part too, of passing money down. But the biggest important thing is cause a lot of people are growing up right now and having money. People's lives are changing. We're in a better position financially to put our kids in positions because the fear is not having our kids grow up the way we grew up or not saying even if we didn't grow up bad is like never making them feel like they have to worry. But we have disregarded not worry about the money. The legacy is passing down values. Right. And understanding how to get it, what to do with it, and how to maintain it. Where to go get it from? Who do you have to politic with? Who do you have to have on your team? Who do you need to be rubbing elbows with to set your legacy up? And our 
forefathers, they taught us hard work. They just didn't tell us. They always said, save your money. That was the worst thing they can tell us. Put your money in the savings account. Well, you because, put it in a savings account, the bank. Because doing what all you I did doing. was the, and they, they have created fear, man, save your money, put it in there. Don't touch it. They, cause they taught our forefathers that because the bank was like, no, what we need you to do is be scared to spend that money. You don't want to touch that money. Keep it there. You feel like it's still there and we about to be loaning this bitch out. We about to be flipping this bitch in some stock. We about to make your money grow. They're going to do what you're not doing. And, but we're just not going to let you capitalize on it. We're just going to take it and put it back. After we profit off of it. We'll give you the change. i give it back. Nah, we're we going to replace it. I just need the profit. It's like, bro, taking your money, putting it down, and you just like, bro, once I make some money off of yours, I put it back. Because I can now, with the profit, I can put my own money down. Right. Put my own money down. Now, I didn't lose. That's how they build their wealth, though, off the interest of the money that's in there. It's monopoly. Mm-hmm. That is one game, bro, that I love, but I play Monopoly one-on-one. Like, I would play one person in Monopoly. Like, that's like to watch somebody and see how you will and deal like chess and Monopoly, bro. I don't know how I got that way, but that shit became a habit. So even with the family plan, like even if you have a family get together, it's fun, but you realize people don't understand how to play. Right. You know, they just buying property like, and I realized I didn't, I know Monopoly rules have changed because I didn't remember playing with eight people that you had to get a color set before you buy houses. How could you maintain a color set with so many people playing at one time and multiple people buying colors that breaking up your color set? It's impossible for that to happen with more than four people. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's buying. Then you just buy some shit because you got enough money to do it, not even knowing what the fuck to do with it. You done nigga done fucked up your whole set because they just wanted to buy it. They ain't bought it because they don't want you to get it. People just buy color sets. Mm-hmm. You just want to buy it so I can put houses on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you realize people didn't really know how to play Monopoly. But what it is, playing checkers and playing chess. You know, chess is a thinking man game or how to, be, how to defeat someone in war. Right. So all the black men, especially men in prison, wanted to learn chess. How to have the upper ten, upper trying to have the upper hand on a mental stand base because you have to be prepared for war. But when you don't even know how to allocate funds of money, all you is is a warhead. But how could you, you can protect your family, but how can you protect your finances when you don't have any? You're just protecting your life. We, as a black man, we waking up just to fight for our lives every day. Not saying that somebody trying to kill us, but trying to survive. Trying to find something else that can keep me afloat until the next day of just down. I'm just one. I just need one break. Just one. I just need one break. If I can get that one break, that's all. When we gonna when we gonna grow a little more and be okay with opening up our minds of understanding, bruh. Are you going to have to understand? We love money, but when are you going to educate yourself on how it flows? And once you understand, stop being scared.
to play with your money. That sounds like the same part what you were saying earlier about how our older generation taught us to save the money and put it up. Mm-hmm. You know, had to have a little grace for them because they only did what they knew how to do, yeah. what they were shown to do. Yeah. So for That's us now, forefathers. Forefathers. yeah. So us now being equipped with what we need or the means to get the information that we need, like it's up to us to really set that example and set the tone for the next generation. Cause I mean, they looking at us. We have the means of information at the, at the, the speed of a button press, right? Mm-hmm. That's still sketchy because bro, they still have an upper hand to control what they want us to know and what, how much information they give us. Cause it's Google. How many niggas still take the time to go to the library? They ain't changing the books. Nope. Google can change and update. If you look at the times that different things that suggested things as you type something in on your search, you see when it was published, when it was that, like it updates every day, something different. It may read the same thing, but if you pay attention about the updated time, bro, like Google is a human, it was human created by a white man who didn't like doing research. How can you trust a man who ain't even want to do research? He just said, hey, I'm going to create something and tell motherfuckers whatever the fuck I want and they going to believe me. Who who well, puts their trust in that? Yeah, who puts their trust in a nigga like that? Like, yes, Google is very helpful, but like, it's like, damn, if you don't know already and you're just confirming, and you're like, okay, so what I do know, that's correct. But for people who don't know and is just Focusing on Google and the internet, but the internet is feeding you bullshit that you don't really know that it's true. It's just because it's the internet. It's like, yeah, it gotta be true if they po- if they reporting it. If Google said it. If Google said it. Siri said it. Siri said it. It's a search engine. The search engine would never lead me wrong. That's what it's here for. Till they start censoring the information. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. They censoring the information or they're just going to give you what they want. Whatever information they want to give you. They're just going to word it the way that they want to. Like people keep talking about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And most of the people who keep saying it was rewritten, rewritten, rewritten. They ain't never even can't even tell you what's an original Bible. They can't even tell you. People can't even tell you why the Bible has different colors in it. We just thought that was neat. They don't even know why the words are different colors and it's people speaking, Jesus speaking, da da da. Like people just can't tell you. you. Keep saying that it was rewritten, rewritten, but you keep hearing that. Most people can't even speak toward. I hate when you're in a, a dialogue or back and forth with people. Like you know when people really don't study or when they don't research, because their responses, it sounds familiar. You've heard like it before. Like it was repeated somewhere. Exactly. It's not it was a, told to them. They saying what they said. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's a that's that's always a black person thing when they spread and gossip. And you know, you know they said. If they said it, that's the truth. If they that, said it. If they said it, that's just like Siri saying it. Yeah. That's just like Google saying it. They said. He said, don't let that cat 
uh, walk behind you. Walk up under the bread. Don't don't do this. I do that, but it's not proven. You know what I'm saying? It's not factual. What you saying? Tell a motherfucker like, goddamn. They speak about root work and all this other stuff and spiritual work and you know wearing this pendant and this pendant and people really you realize. People are just doing certain things because that's a trend. Have no idea of the roots. And I'll be seeing some people wear certain things and I'll be like, boy, I don't think they know what that really means. Like the evil eye? Yes, that blue eye. Brother, I was like, I just had to correct somebody. I was like, boy, whoa, girl. It's supposed to keep uh, people from looking, um, staring at you and giving you the evil eye. It's supposed to send it back to them. it attracts. It attracts it because it has its own inner self-conscious about it. And I and I read it one time and I was like, I read the definition. I'm like, is this shit telling me that? I read that bitch like three times. I'm like, I know this shit ain't telling me it's going to attract shit. Harmful and this, that experience is telling me this. But you know what? That'd be the crazy part. Like you say, people follow a trend and you're going to do this because this is and. And you don't know the practices that you opening. You don't know the gates you opening. You burning this sage, but you SOSing the spirits to you. You feel me? Right. I stopped going into cemeteries. That going to that tradition of going to cemeteries every time somebody birthday and all that. I was like, once I once I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What let's it get does. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped because I was I didn't realize, boy, you first of all, you don't some things you don't intend because you don't know what's lingering. Spirits are real. Right. <laughs> they roam the earth all day long. But we we don't want to believe it because we think about ghosts just floating around. And it and it throws us off because we was like, ain't no ghosts flying around. So you don't really believe that it's spirits. When niggas are talking, and they get goosebumps. Like that is that spirit of an angel swift and past you because there that was put on someone to say something. You felt that, and those were those goosebumps. That spirit hit you because you was like, ooh, boy, I felt that. You, you ain't a little chilly in here? No, that's that. Because they know a spirit gives you a cool breeze. That's how you know. So I'm wow, I'm why what is up with that? Why you think now we're just so spiritual? Because I, I hear that and people like, you know, well, I ain't I ain't this, I ain't that, but I'm spiritual. A lot of people use that because people don't they want to justify why. They're, they're arguing Christianity because they know it's controlled. Religion, they want, because they feel like if a, if they ask you, do you believe, are you a Christian? They hit you with, oh, I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm, I believe it. Because well, me, I, I believe in God. That's my, like, don't loop me in a religion. Like, don't loop me in a category. I believe God is real. That's all you need to know. All that other stuff, don't ask me. I, because if you ain't ready to hear the truth, 
Honestly, I've never. Some people just want to justify why they want to do wrong. The Bible, you can say it's rewritten, it's, a, it's man-made, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, bruh, a lot of this stuff, spiritually, my nigga, you can't go around. You, The Bible is written in a, in a story form. Let's not be so caught up to see if David and Joseph and Peter and Noah and Jesus is real. Let's stop getting so caught up with that. They had to put characters there for you to relate on the stories that humans are going through. Because you go through the same thing that these people in that Bible go through. You go through on a daily basis. If they didn't give them names, characters, how the fuck could you relate? How could you relate if they didn't put it in that form? What would make you feel inclined to say, oh, I felt that I understand that if you didn't have a character or someone with a name that went through the same thing for you to be like, yes, Lord, preach. I read. Oh, yeah, that's that happens to me. Because if the Bible was written in an instruction manual, thou should not kill, thou should not steal. If it was just telling you what to do in an instruction form, nobody would read it. But having from the front to the back, you're telling you a story of different people that go through things, how God used them and talked to them, and through their times, what they went through, it makes you inclined because it's a book. It's just a very lengthy one. Mm. It's a book. But just because you don't want to believe that it was real people that went through that like that because you questioned it. Was there a time that it was people who were here going through that Jesus was doing? You get so caught up on is that real or not and understanding the message behind it of I did not create you to fear. Trust in me. God gave you the freedom, the, the free will. He does not force you to, to do good. He's saying it is your choice. I'm telling you, if you do good, what you gonna get rewarded with? Nigga, I'm not forcing you to do it. I'm not gonna frown upon you. If you come and ask me forgiveness, I will forgive you. But at the same time, what have, what have you learned from that? I know you will be tested. It is hard for you to stay afloat. Because when you're trying to do good, you're gonna be tested with temptation because temptation is always something that you're trying to stop. Something that's always going to look and sound good to you, but you know it's bad. So you're going to be wanting to do it. My, the, the, the law of the land that God has put down to do, people view that as lean and boring. But devil's like, nigga, you come over here, you turn up, you do drugs, drink, curse, fornicate, beat bitches. You can do everything like, that you that he what? said you couldn't. It, that, what? Why a nigga tell you not to do it? Nigga, you can come do that with me. And it's fun. So people are prone to that. They make the excuse of, well, y'all speak about gay people, but y'all fornicate. All right, but shit. It's all bad. That be the Stop justifying because at the end of the day, you have the free will to be gay. You do. He told you he's not. He told you that that's wrong. 
But he ain't saying that you can't do it. it but you know it's wrong. But he knows your heart. At the end of the day, that's just how cool God is. Like, he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you some good things, but I'm not going to force you because you should never want to force somebody to do good. It should come naturally. Yeah, you definitely, you only going to do what's in you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it in you, then it can't come out of you. Most definitely. People are operating. It's on you, not in you. Hmm. That's how the world operating right now. If it look like it's on you, I'm prone to believe that it's in you because I see it on you. I'm so blind about what I see and what I hear and not what I feel. Because if I feel something and it don't agree with you, you're going to call me crazy. You're going to say I'm tripping. So your looks and what you say should, it should convince me. Why you feeling like I'm shitting you? What makes you feel that way? I'm telling you that I'm not lying. But I feel like you are. But I'm telling you that I'm not. But nigga, I feel like you are. Not I'm, I think you are. Nigga, I feel you are. It's like you detecting something. Because it's spirit. Intuition. Sense. That's why we got five of them and they're real important. Because when we lose one, we lose a very important piece of our life that we have to double up on the other four to, to accommodate for the missing one that we got that we can't get back probably. So if you're blind, you got to double up on paying attention on what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, because you you guessing because you cannot see it. You can't hear. You're watching every movement and you're piecing things together of what you see. But you got to be able to feel it, taste it. Hearing is not all that bad, but hearing is very important because Niggas ain't reading lips. That with accents, that's hard to read lips. People carry their words together on their lips, like they don't enunciate words, so that's hard. Sign language, you learn it, but hey, it is what it is. Being blind is probably the only thing that you can actually, you just you can't see it. You gotta pay attention to what you smell, what you hear. I'll never forget I heard a story about um, a blind academy you know um, uh, someone said something to one of the teachers and was like you know she was like yeah I've been blind for X amount pretty much all my life it was like yeah because you know when you blind your other sense is heightened right and they were and she was like you know she stopped the person and they tried she was like I hate when people say that that my other sense is heightened, y'all make it seem like we we inherit superpowers. It was like, no, when you lose something, you have to overly compensate in the other ones to bet. How many times, if I was to blindfold you right now and tell you to walk across 516 back and forth, okay, I blindfold you. So what does that mean you have to do? You have to pay attention to understand how far a car is from you, 
you have to pay attention to the tread detail, the, time, the vibration, the vibration, how far it sounds, how close it, the exhaust smell, how close it is in smelling you. Not only that, you have to doubly smell if it's multiple cars coming. So you have to have a rhythm of the tire tread bouncing up against that road. So at any point of knowing you have the luxury to do it because you're blindfold, if you doubt yourself, you will snatch the blindfold off and see where you at. But if you blind, you can't do that. So that requires deeper trust in yourself and your your own abilities that you already been gifted with, whether that's with the, with the ones that you do have available. Because you have to trust and feel. You have to use a different type of when you look because you don't have the luxury of seeing it. So you have to trust what you feel and what you hear because mm-hmm. you can't see it. You would even taste the exhaust in the air. Your taste buds would even like, you have to pay attention more to your taste buds. You would taste the air. Like you would start tasting bullshit. Cause you have to understand, you have to be able to survive. You would hear, you would start paying attention to rhythm patterns of any noise. How far it sounds like somebody's in your house, their footsteps. How far the door is from X, Y, and Z with your stick. Tap, 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 tap. Some people think it's to see, to feel what's in front of them. A lot of them tapping it a couple times on a rhythm standpoint of understanding what's there and if it's something that will move or if it's something stationary, they know pat, 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 pat. They can feel it and understand. And then they root their memory, their remembering sound vibrations of what type of ground they're on. What type of surface it is, right? It's a surface. Because you don't know. It's carpet. If it doesn't make a lot of noise, it's carpet. It's make a certain amount of noise. It's concrete. You can smell outside. So you're outside. So it's concrete. Now, the difference is, are you on concrete or are you on sand? Are you on gravel? You have to pay attention to that. If you're in a building, is it is it um, tile? Is it you know hard floor? Is it carpet? Shit, get it, it. I mean that 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 seems like it's hard. And I wear contacts, so I damn know like I'm struggling with just the piece of seeing that I got. I panic if I if I have to change my contact, but if I can't see, well, I'm in the house for the rest of the day. I will not risk anybody's lives out there, mine or anybody. If I ain't got no glasses and I can't hang on contact. That sounds like a responsible thing to do. Yeah. I'm out. Like, nigga be like, you can't come to work because you ain't got no contact, but I can't see. Well, that be the stuff that you start realizing when you get older. I don't know. It's just a different part of your processing. You know what I'm saying? And starting to appreciate the stuff that you did have while it was good and sharp. When you was at your top notch. Right. We definitely um, on the definitely got to pay attention to what's going on with us. I was playing basketball Mm -hmm. a month ago, a month and a half ago, about in July. I could feel myself moving around a certain way. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel myself, you know, not being able to pick my feet up. 
I felt like I was moving all right swiftly for, you know, me being able to, you know, I ain't played in a while. Right. But I, bruh, I, you know, they had it on live. Boy, when you replay that shit, you be like, well, why I look like I'm fat and I'm not? Why am I moving like a so fat slow. person? You moving slow. Like you're not picking your feet up. You just jogging and you're you're just jogging and play. You're not even jogging in place, but from place to place. Like your feet are not moving as fast as you it used to be. Cause youth is not on your side like that too, too much. You be doing moves in your mind that your body not following up with like, oh, I should have dead this hell. Yeah, so when people say it look weak, you be like, nah, we're weak. Cause you, in your mind, you feel like you did some shit and you, when you converted, you was like, but that shit was tough. But in other people's eyes, like, no, we seen it. Buddy was just, he should have telegraphed that. Right. You got lucky. Like sometimes it's just like, yeah, that's just the truth. Niggas be like, you hating until you see it on camera and you be like, oh, damn. That was me. That's it, was me. Like, you need a, you need a dose of humbling pie. That camera is one thing you can't hide from, boy. Yeah, because it's going to tell the truth. It's going to tell what's going on. But you got to be honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? That should have been the first thought. Like, dang, boy, I ain't think, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, that was that out of shape, but you definitely is. Yeah. You would know. Come on, they, all I got is a strong eight points, you look four like rebounds, it. cherry picking. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're doing your thing until you see it and be like, but I look hurt. It will, it will make you feel like, cause you, when you left out there from there, you feel good about yourself. But I guess you really don't realize how other people may see. That camera can't judge you. It ain't going to tell you how weak you look. It's only going to tell you to evaluate yourself. But when other people evaluate your skill level, we really look at them as it's hating. But it's like, nah, the camera seen the same thing they seen. The camera just don't talk to you. It just show you. It's up to you to be honest with yourself, to critique yourself. Humans yeah, they built with opinions. That make plenty of sense. You can't do no more, man. I'll show you exactly what it is you're doing. It ain't going to be like, nah, bro, look at this. It's like, it's just going to show you. It's going to press play. It's going to rewind for you. It's going to fast forward. It's going to pause. That's all it can do for you. It's up to you on how, it's up to you and other humans to critique it on how you view it out your lens. But the footage don't lie. It's the humans that's going to lie. They either going to lie, they going to water down the truth, or they going to get to you straightforward. That's humans. But that camera ain't going to cut you, cut you no slack. That can and that bitch gonna add some pounds to you too. That shit's so fucked up, it's gonna add some pounds to you. That's how fucked up the camera is. Camera not only gonna show you your real you and how fast you're moving, it's also gonna make you look about five pounds heavier. He's showing you the underlying stuff that you really don't see them, them details, <laughs> man. It's them details. HD be fucking the nigga up, ain't it? Your first day in the rabbit hole, though, man. Your first time. Like, Sorry. How that shit feel? 
I just like the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? And come on and just have some different feedback, you know, really listen and get a feel for what's going on before you just jump in with your head first, you know, get some experience. And, but yeah, I just want to add a little bit of value to the content that you're putting out different perspective because we can see stuff one way, you know what I'm saying? And somebody else come in with a different view that enlighten the next person. But if we don't have these conversations about different things that we do know, know of and that can speak on and drop jewels for the people because everybody needs some more wisdom, man. Everybody can use that. It's only a fool who can reject it when they hear it in front of your face. You know, got to take them rosy colored glasses off and tell that dumb spirit, you feel me? The one that have you thinking like, oh, well, maybe uh, it couldn't be. No, it is. I mean, if you see it and that's what's shown to you, that's what's on the camera. You can't lie to that. You know what I'm saying? You only lying to yourself. So, I mean, that's that's really just like you say that HD is something you can't lie because it's coming 4K. It's live. That is you. Anything that you tried to put makeup over, boy, listen, you better have done did it good. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to highlight the different shades that you tried to put. It's not every shade is perfect in the match, whatever the, your natural skin tone is. Mm-hmm. That's why motherfuckers start a little lighter than what the fuck they are because they got to, instead of put it in one spot, you got to put it all over your face. It's a whole inch. You know what I'm saying? That, that camera ain't going to lie to you, but it's just going to piss you off. It's all the lies that you've been telling yourself or the hidden truths that you've been trying to hide from others. Mm-hmm. The camera going to bring it out. You can lie to the people. You can tell them what you want them to hear. You can try to tell them and paint them a picture when you're away from them. But boy, that's why people opinions when they when you tell a person a story of like how Ray Rice was, like you can tell them that you beat that girl. You came forward, you just slapped her, it got it, it got ugly, get heated, she was okay. But when that, that video dropped, boy, we were like, no boy, you beat that ass. Yeah, wasn't. But you you boy, you KO'd that woman, boy. Like, but you ain't just slapped her. But you punched the shit out that woman. To sleep. Now the the game changed. Like, no, sir. Like, we niggas be like, what y'all already knew he told y'all he came for it. Yeah, but that nigga did not tell us. He this. left out all of them. He details. left. I, I don't know how you could explain the severity of that, but I would have rather you just be like, man, listen, it got real ugly. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Like, just just be prepared for it to look ugly. Then when we put that out there and everybody is already expecting it to get ugly. So when we see it, your punishment was held down from you saying that it was ugly. So when it shows that it was ugly, we're like, well, you kept it real. No, you won't be like, nah, man, you know, it's a little like Del Rio says, a little dust up. Oh, nigga, that was more than a dust up. 
but that woman head hit the the the, the bar thing on the <laughs> elevator, bro. After he punched that ain't funny, but you know what I'm saying? Up, like bro. it wasn't it wasn't none of the the light how he said it so mildly. Yeah, compared to how the violence really was when you seen it on the camera. Yeah, like and then you circle back for with the white boy beat the black girl. We don't even need to see a video of everything that he did. We can just look at the damage he did to her and we can just make our observation. We don't need to see the video because if we see the video, it's just going to piss us off even more. We can just imagine the things that you did to her because of how she looked. We ain't see Ray Rice girl. We seen that black girl almost beat to death from that white boy. Her face, that it was ridiculous. It's certain things, bro, that, you know, if you get ahead of it, it just depends on how you clean it up. But that camera's not going to lie. Camera's not going to lie. So if it was recorded, but your best bet is to just come straight forward with it. Because one flaw of that story that don't connect with what they seen, you are done for. Right. Now, if you downplay it, it better not be downplaying it to hell. You better have some wiggle room to be like, well, he ain't really, he ain't downplay it that bad. Like, it, it may be a step for it, maybe one step, but but you'd be like, oh no, that nigga definitely was being modest. Like that shit is way, yeah, more severe than what he said. Yeah, the camera not gonna lie. Can't even lie, but people lie. People lie. Get ahead of the story, and um, it's it's only in their to their own demise if it ain't the truth. In this world we living in right now, it's too much technology. You you your best bet is to do nothing. You ain't getting away with no murders. Mm-hmm. You ain't getting away with nothing that you do. You got screenshots. Video, you got motherfuckers record ready. Screen record. No, just on the streets, cause you just see random people. Why? Why you see videos on social media of a motherfucker just randomly falling somewhere? You're like, what the fuck? Who was recording that? How they caught that? Like, it's niggas. You don't know who's recording you at all times. It's drones. Like they have drones now. People think that that's so cute for somebody to fly something around. And to be able to have it flying around and you'd be like, ooh, but how you control that? But they got cameras on that motherfucker watching everything you do. And that's not weird to you. Like people are really normalizing shit like that. Cause it looks fucking cool. Because they are promoting it to buy you a drone. Buy you a drone. Put your doorbell on the uh, put you a ring what, doorbell. Yeah, ring doorbell. That's what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's a, a, a way of surveillance and everybody to get them to accept the technology. Accept the technology, then it's everything gonna be connected. You know what I'm saying? After a while. But that's things. just but again, that's setting everybody take those. That's just showing that these boys really don't want to hit the field no more. They want to sit behind a desk, kick their feet up and just watch tape all day long. Well, you know they got it, the internet police. It, either exactly. They want to sit behind a desk. 
pull up your social media, they would rather read millions of pointless tweets that you had to connect some dots with some shit, watch pointless of hours of surveillance of you, mm-hmm. dis- discrediting, you know, your Arico case, but they would rather, rather than go knock on doors anymore or rather go lie to somebody and then uh, somebody to say, hey, we got this built on you. Like, we just need you to tell us whatever, whatever. Right. They're not doing their job no more. Nobody gets to do what they're supposed to do because everything around has gave technology has gave convenience to it made us lazy. Technology has became our overall cheat sheet for everything that we do. It's your calculator. It's your you, you got an iPhone. You got a measuring stick on your iPhone. At the same time, that's, that's what's, that was making us dumber though. You Voice know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you gonna rely on your phone for everything. You can have your phone in your hand right now. Somebody come ask you a dumb question. Yeah. Um, how you get the 57th Street? Mean, how you get it? You got a phone right in your hand and you won't even look at the phone and go get it. We niggas ain't a nigga. If a nigga pull out a map right now, boy, you better get that shit out my face. Not about to try to read coordinates. I got the cell phone. Right. But as soon as that shit drops service, you be panicking. You don't want to miss the wrong turn because that bitch got to recalculate. You dead. But I mean, that's sweet of the generational, man. We come up on, well, not so much, I think, our generation, because we've been in a trans, transitional phase, though. We the last ones to know about rotary dials, landlines. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, big, big flip phones. Yeah. Oh, we was the last one of them. Like Everything. The, the, the little generations of kids. Memory cards and PlayStations. Yeah. Memory cards. They ain't got yeah. none of that, but I mean, they fat back computer screen monitors. Yeah. Dial up internet. AOL. AOL. Yahoo Messenger. Yeah. That's the generation we came out of. Oregon Trail, Tetris, Snake, Snake. 1 and 2. Mm hmm. No Kia. <laughs> Kia Sarah. Yeah. All right, great. Right, we was, we were some test dummies and we didn't even realize it. We was like, yeah, and we still being test dummies. Our generation getting sucking in the goddamn getting the vaccine. And we won't stop. Why would I tell you? Millenniums won't stop. What did he say? Can't stop, won't stop. But Super millenniums aggressive though. We are we are very aggressive because we're in the middle. And we are leading the the generation behind us to hell because they are lost. They raising themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see how that's turning out. We are yeah, failing behind us. Like we are failing. And now some of us got kids. And it's like, boy, y'all don't that don't really bother y'all. Like, fuck the generation. But like, boy, y'all actually got offsprings that y'all fucking their life up. They ain't setting them up for nothing. Huh. Not equipping yourself with, with what you need. Because you just surviving, so you ain't realizing you help your you are teaching your kid to skate. Same way. The same way. The same way. And niggas don't see no problem with it, brother. I think on the minds, they got to be informed, man. That's why it's people like, again, you, me, and into people like, and having these type of conversations, hold accountability and taking stands on walking in the light that we expect from people, but we, to talk it, we got to walk it. 
got to be the example. So exactly. what it is that you you really desire. Exactly. You can't be a, a be the friend that you want. Be the example of the friend that you want. Mm-hmm. Be the example and set the tone for what it is you want. If this what it is, and I want everybody around me to be that way, mm-hmm. you got to be the example of what you want. If you're not doing that, then you're asking for something that you're not even setting an example for. That don't, that really not going to fly, man. But again, be ready for you to be challenged and you stand firm and not be swayed to change your mind. If you stand on something, continue to stand on it. Don't be swayed because you don't have people on your side because they don't understand why you make the decisions that you make. We all have our own, our own demons to, to, that we battle with and we have our own things that we have to go through. Not everybody's going to understand why you make the decisions that you make. But when you stand alone from the, the outside people and you go your own direction and you're not following, it is always going to be looked at differently. Either you're a rebel, you're weird, you're a black sheep. Other than trying to figure out, well, what made you think differently? Tell me what you, what flaw you see. Like, maybe I'm not looking into it deeply. Hold on. Not saying I need you to convince me, but more than likely shit. If you make sense, I mean, I do need to reevaluate that. Like, I'm not listening to be like, nigga, it's stupid. Like, I need to see what, if, if our shit align. And if it do, you just got a couple of things that are different that highlight to be like, well, damn, bro, I ain't see that. I ain't pay attention to that. You're right. Because, I mean, you're not going to see everything. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it, like you say, it's certain things that may have been shown to you mm-hmm. that I may not be informed of are things that were shown to me or that I got revelation of that the next person that that next person didn't. Mm-hmm. That's not. It would be foolish to sit back and think that nobody else got value to add to uh, a different perspective mm-hmm. that's still valuable. You know what I'm saying? To add to my perspective, or give me a different view. Mm-hmm. But yours, then, yours, not the only one that's out there. Also, not only that. We have to understand when we're bouncing ideas off of each other, we need to stop wanting so much for someone to convince somebody to come left or right. Sometimes it's okay for us to have differences and we meet in the middle and we just agree to disagree. Stop trying and, and tugging and pulling for, for you to feel trusted for somebody or feel like you understand they're all standing on one side. There's some people on that other side agree with your views. It's just in a different way. You need someone in the middle that can say, hey, look, you're right. You're right. You're not wrong. I get what you're saying on that. You're not wrong. And I definitely get what you're saying. You're not wrong. Okay. So if both of y'all are right, well, you're not wrong, but you're not really right per se all the way. How can we meet in the middle to where we know there's only bits and pieces from each side that's correct about this? All of it is not 100%, but how can we make that shit work 
for both sides and both of y'all feel like it's a win-win. To bring your two pieces together to make it work for everybody because both of y'all are not 100% wrong. Neither you're not 100% right. But how can we meet in the middle? But we're so divide. We're so conditioned for divide. It's either you over here or you not. Don't don't play. Don't play on the fence. Yeah, it ain't no straddle on the fence. Yeah, and that's bullshit. That's bullshit. But that's another topic for another day. I'm glad you came through, bro. Like, it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be more to come. Most definitely, I, I can't wait. I'm glad you came through. You came through first quarter. I appreciate that. Yeah, gotta get it started, man. Get it going. Uh, nigga around here got dog going, getting their work out of there, boy. You got the stretch, boy. Do some jumping jacks or something, boy. Get my blood back flowing. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. Anything you want to close out with the people and leave with them, brother? Uh, just food for thought. I would say, as we 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 look back at our generation and we reflect on stuff of the past. Mm-hmm. And just where we moving as a society, it's it's plenty of problems. But I know it's up to us really be a part of the solution that we're looking for ultimately. You was just saying it a second ago about how we got this and that going on. And problems always gonna be here. That's the thing. So if they always gonna be here, us Two men having a conversation now about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is where the solutions come from. The great minds of the world, the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X, them the ones known. You know, Marcus Garvey. People who had an opinion about stuff. Really opening up, just having dialogue and part in the, each other. So I'm just here to drop some wisdom, man. But I would just say keep. Keep looking forward, man, and be the example that you want want to see in other people. You know, let it start with you. Mm-hmm. Reflect, look in that mirror, that 4K Ultra, <laughs> that high definition, and really examine your life, man, and hold yourself accountable because ain't nobody else going to do it. <laughs> but you got to be real and honest with yourself. Everybody do got flaws, but don't let your flaws be the reason that you let everything else be the reason why you didn't make it the way you were supposed to go. Or you ain't serve out your purpose. If I don't make it the way I'm going at, it's only because I ain't put my best effort for it. You know, it, it's some you got to take accountability for yourself. It's always going to be a reason for this or a reason for that. Anybody can come up and think of one, but that don't necessarily <laughs> determine whether you just let the rock stay in front of you or do you just let that be a footstool to help boost you into what you're supposed to be doing. We all going to have adversity, but it's not for us to sit back and let the adversity be another reason. All right. It's always going to be something that's going against the grain against you. But that's what show you what you really made out of, man. What you can go through 
you know what I'm saying, and still come out on your two feet and live a life that you can be proud of, you know, that don't make a great man because you got a long rap sheet. What make a great man is despite you having a long rap sheet, you coming out reformed, you know what I'm saying? Having your stuff together and getting getting your business started and taking off despite the adversity that you face. We got a lot of good examples of that. You know what I'm saying? Right here in the city. Shout out to Hollis. Um, but we got so much stuff that we can look at and say, oh, it's because of this. It's because of that. I was raised this way. But, you know, when you going to stop and, and think to yourself like, man, I'm grown, right? I'm not in that phase of my life no more to where I have the room to sit back and make excuses for why I'm not where mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be at. I got to pick myself up, man. It's important for us just to champion ourselves to start going in the direction that we want to see the rest of society. And it's going to take some great minds, man. And it's going to take some people who take accountability for not only their selves and their actions, but be the leaders of tomorrow, man. We can't lay down and Think that it's gonna happen that way. Got to do our part and what we can do. What we can't. It, it's gonna be a separation from the weak and the strong, and that's just all it is. And man, I I can't wait to get you back in here, dog. This wouldn't. It's not gonna be the last time you For finally sure. got in, implemented into the rabbit hole. Welcome back. You got your. Built your board up there. You are now able to add your name to the visitors and the guests. You're welcome. And you are in the rabbit hole. And it's JP on the FWM podcast. Bow with me. It's still about the niggas talking about who the king of the streets, who that living, what they be spitting, kicking it over these beats. It ain't too many. How the fuck you been gangster listening a week? I'm from the hood. You niggas ain't there for it. Ain't no need to speak. So I can tell you about Mr. Dinky T. Skinny Sean and Santana, Lil Dorf and Big Terry Robo, Lori Mitchell and Anna Seal and Big Robbers and Piper when it was under the scanner. And the Rolex band is at the block, crunk up like it's in Atlanta. I was 15 and make a make a fucking life with all the more heads. Hitting it how they did with a nice amount of time they own fins Watching most city bad boys and big mellow boy blue rapping All we knew was street military can't be no excuse tapping If it come to an OG homie I've been around since J High Playing for my position I bet they never tell you Trey Fly Yeah I done seen it all and I get realer than a heartbeat Had you praying your body was sleep nigga I am the streets What's up? I'm from the city where niggas known for long bread We get cash and bus heads we never scared Niggas giving fake handshakes, that's enough said Run up on me, nigga, we gon' see you first to pull the leg Yeah, it's the J-Ton, so what, I'm 21 Four deep on 24, everybody got a gun Still motherfucker, son, bitch, I'm riding in the dark Fuck with the ABN, you gon' see a bunch of sparks Sippin' on the potent foe, got a nigga thinking